God is holy and the holiness of God stuns us because we are not. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemmer. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, a program taking you through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We do that every year and it is exciting. Helping us do that is Corey and Ryan. Corey is here. Corey, what's up? I'm going to be asking a question that Daniel's writing naturally arises. Ryan? Today, I'm focused on the lives of Daniel's three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known to us as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, very good. Look forward to that about 20 minutes time, and Janice is in about 25 minutes time, Janice. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm going to be talking about casting all of our cares. All right, very good. Take your Bible guide out. Turn to today's passage. If you don't have one, we'll tell you how to get one a little bit later. But let's look at the world's best-selling book, the Bible, the Word of God, and let's hear what it says. Daniel 10, 10 through 21. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one, having the likeness of a man, touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and I said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 through 21. 
Daniel chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12 is a fascinating read. And I say that uh, word, use that word greatly. The holiness of God is what we deal with today. Now, remember, when Daniel was given witness and saw many visions of God, the Lord began a process in Daniel, extending his life to see the holiness of God different. Daniel had an encounter with the angel or the messenger of God who came to him following a great battle against the forces of the spiritual world. When God frees us from the forces of sin, suddenly we are better able to understand what the Lord desires from us. Until that time, we are bound by those forces. Now, the angel begins to reassure Daniel and refers him as greatly beloved of God. But Daniel is unable to understand what that really means. I mean, the richness of God's holiness is absolutely stunning and astonishing. You know, we can't see and understand many things about the Lord when we study these records with empowering God's Holy Spirit, suddenly they become more easy to see. This is fascinating. And as we begin to study this book, my thinking is that we need to focus on allowing God to teach our hearts. So take your Bible guide. If you don't have one, why not? Call or write to us. We'll send you one or go to Bible Discovery TV and you can get your Bible guide uh, sent to you or you can get it right there on a PDF file if you download it and you give a donation. And thank you so much for your donations. We really appreciate them. But let's pray and say, Father, how, how we need to understand your holiness, how we need to figure this out. Help us to understand it so we can move forward. And we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would give us that ability to see that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now let's explore this idea and look at Daniel chapter 10, beginning with verse 10. It says, suddenly, suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. This is a stunning revelation for Daniel. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now, let me, let me just make this clear. Daniel trembles in the presence of God's angel. Now, th this is stunning. We need to remember that the Lord Jesus Christ on this side has made us amazing provision for God in his presence. Now, let me explain this. Jesus Christ came. And Daniel, this what we're reading today is before that happened. He came and he lived with us for 33 years. And at the end, we turned against him and we said, crucify him, crucify him. And when that happened, he was crucified, died. And when he died, stunning things took place. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 27. And then suddenly he rose from the dead on the third day. Everything changed. And we had the power through the Holy Spirit when we give our lives to God to be in his presence. And that changed things. So this is very interesting. That's one of the differences. Now, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, 
For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, the one who is the chief prince or chief of princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have, I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, in the latter days, where the vision refers to many days yet to come. Okay, this is something else. God speaks to his people and hears us when we pray. God speaks to us and hears us. Is he spending time with the Lord in his word and in prayer? It's absolutely critical. Beloved, let me just say, there's nothing wasted when we take the Bible and we spend time with the Lord in prayer. We read the Psalms. We read the word of God. The 66 books written by 40 authors over 1500 years, all with the same theme, Yeshua HaMashiach. We need to remember that when we pray with the Bible, that's never time wasted. Never. And we need to keep that in our hearts and in our minds because we need to pray today. And this is something, it's like reading the newspaper today, if you think about that. Anyway, let's get to 15, chapter 10, verse 15. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground. I became speechless. Now watch this, watch this, verse 16. And suddenly, one, having the likeness of the sons of men. What? One, having the likeness of the sons of men, touched my lips. And I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision and my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant, my Lord, talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor any breath left in me. And then again, the one having the likeness of the son of uh, that likeness of man touched me and strengthened me again. And he said to me, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. This is absolutely fascinating, I'll tell you. Verse 20 says, then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the princes of Persia. When I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. The scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. This is, I mean, we could study this for like three hours. It is the Lord Jesus who helps us to understand God. When we accept Jesus Christ, we are made ready to hear God and his word. Now listen carefully. Here we have the image of one like the son of man being involved with Daniel. That is stunning. Now, I, I don't know what to say here, except you need to think that through because God is present. Jesus Christ was present. He was there at the beginning with God. He was there at the end. He does not, he's not subject to time. 
but he came to earth and revealed himself. One God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Now that's interesting. And as we think that through today and begin to understand it from the book of Daniel, we need to remember that the Lord is speaking to us right now. And we need to pray for Israel. And we need to pray for our countries. And we need to pray that God helps us because our ultimate country is, my passport's in heaven, Paul says, is in heaven. Father, we pray today that you would come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and help us. Please, Lord Jesus, help us. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Welcome back to the program. My segment today is actually going to be coming from Daniel chapter 3, and this report is focused specifically on the lives of Daniel's three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But we know them better by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, although Nebuchadnezzar tried to erase their identity and godly heritage and brand them as Babylonians, he couldn't change their heart, and he couldn't change their love for the one true God, even in the midst of a fiery furnace. Take a look. More than 100 years earlier, God had used the Assyrians to wipe the rebellious northern nation of Israel off the map. Now it would be the Babylonians God would employ to do the same to the southern Jewish nation of Judah. Indeed, its capital city, Jerusalem, fell to Nebuchadnezzar in 605 BC, and the king deported his Jewish hostages in three stages. The first group, which was taken immediately, included only the elite nobility. Two subsequent deportations occurred in 597 and 587 BC. From this first, elite group of exiles would be chosen young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Among these young men were three princes named Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, whom Josephus says were from the royal family that produced King Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. Of these three, the Bible says that God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. These qualities quickly earned them a position in serving the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, writes the prophet Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers in his realm. Although now promoted to a position of prestige, it had not come without a price. Not only were these young men ripped from their families and dragged a thousand miles away, but they were also to be stripped of their identities and made into full-fledged Babylonians. As Dr. David Jeremiah observes, young men who would serve King Nebuchadnezzar in his court were allowed only one passion, the king's wishes. Therefore, it is likely that these men were emasculated as part of their preparation for service. Nebuchadnezzar also commanded that their godly Hebrew names be replaced by names affiliated with various Babylonian gods. Thus Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah became Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Although outwardly these men had been assimilated as Babylonians, inwardly they remained unchanged towards their god. This was seen dramatically through the events of Daniel chapter 3. 
In the plain of Dura, Nebuchadnezzar erects a 90-foot-high golden image and commands that the people worship it. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego twice refuse, the enraged king casts them into a fiery furnace heated seven times beyond its normal temperature. But their god, the living god, not made with human hands, saves them. Nebuchadnezzar is shocked to see that not only are they not burning, but now there are four men in the fire, and the form of the fourth, says Nebuchadnezzar, is like the Son of God. When the three men are brought out of the furnace completely unharmed, the pagan king publicly praises the living God. Though Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were made official Babylonians, in reality, they were citizens of the coming kingdom, of which there will be no end. You know, it's pretty interesting. This image Nebuchadnezzar erected, some actually believe that it was an image of Nebuchadnezzar himself, and it was an attempt to unify all the world religions. Now, if that sounds familiar, it is. It sounds a lot like what happened at Babel, and it sounds a lot like what will happen in the future as the Antichrist will rise up and demand to be worshipped. Those who are on the earth at that time would do well to follow the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were unwilling to turn their back on the one true God, for Nebuchadnezzar or for anyone, even if it meant their own death. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, it's true. It, it, it really is interesting because that's what you see today. You see many leaders in the world building themselves up and saying, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. And the, mm -hmm. the most recent uh, comment is all the world leaders who have all the money are saying, well, we, 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 as if there are higher rates, which is, which is really interesting, bringing us to the end times. With that in mind, Corey, um, this is very an, an interesting discussion because we're in the book of Daniel. We are. And so in lieu of a segment today, I wanted to kind of bring a question to you because to all of you, because as you know, we're talking about um, uh, Daniel's visions and, and, and a lot of them were fulfilled historically, but some of them have <coughs> not yet been fulfilled. And so when we're looking at Daniel, we're looking at some end times prophecy. So what do you guys think about this issue of end times in terms of people or teachers teaching their interpretations of apocalyptic literature? What do you guys think about this issue, this subject? Ryan? <laughs> Get, throw it to me. <laughs> right it to away, you. hot seat. No, no pressure at all. Um, no, I think um, I, I'm okay with with Bible teachers teaching their interpretations of end times views. I think I think our primary purpose that God has given us is to uh, preach the gospel and make disciples, and that has to be our primary focus, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, when we get into these discussions on end times, it's it's fine to be able to talk about those things uh, as long as uh, people understand that there is uh, not nobody totally agrees on everything because it hasn't happened yet. Right, right. right? So it's hard, you can't know with certainty right. something when the prophecy has not yet been fulfilled. That's right. And there's stuff right. that, that we can't see right now because we don't have all the facts, mm -hmm. right? And we saw this with uh, Christ's first coming. Mm -hmm. Everyone was devastated when he had to die. And yet mm -hmm. the scriptures fulfilled it, but, mm -hmm. but they missed it. Right. Right. So right. I, I think just, just, yes, it's okay to have a view. We all, ha we all do have a view. Uh, but, you know, just be humble about it and, and let's uh, treat, treat everybody uh, in love, right, mm -hmm. as we go about this. Mm -hmm. So Ryan kind of started talk, uh, touching on the motivations of, you know, when you're looking at, at teaching about the end times, looking at your motivations in teaching it. What do you think, Dad? Uh, well, very simply, uh, and, and I, I would simply say that if you go to Matthew chapter 28, the Bible in verse 19, 
it says, go therefore and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, I want you to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people leave it there, but if you read on, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Mm -hmm. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. um, what it says to me is that there are certain people who are bent on having to tell people things, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's the right motivation. Uh, I think the motivation that I try to have and I keep myself into is, Lord, what what is it you taught? And that's what we need to teach people, especially in today's world. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, are there, there's a lot of false prophets mm -hmm. running around in, in today's world. Yeah, there always has been when you yeah. look through the scripture, right? That's right. And, you know, there's a lot of people who believe <clears throat> different things. And I think there's a difference between trying to teach from the Bible and trying to just teach your opinion. Yeah, oh, big that's difference. A, mm -hmm. That's a, a big problem. So my feeling is that if you're, if you're motivated by the Word of God, if you're mm -hmm. motivated by the Bible, mm -hmm. then that's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. and, and keeping the main things main, right? Like, exactly. so we, like as Ryan was saying, we, don't, we can't see into the future. We can only see what God has chosen to reveal to us. So we can have really great ideas about the scripture. We can even see how, how the, some of the apocalyptic literature ties in with other scripture and how it ties in with history, right? Some of the things that have been fulfilled. But um, there, there's wisdom in being cautious and in being tempted when it comes to other Christians who who hold different views or see, see something slightly different in the text, you know, keeping these, keeping it a friendly discussion and, um, you know, not kicking people uh, to the curb because they might have a slightly different interpretation of Revelation or Daniel 12 or th than you do. So there's definitely wisdom in that. I think uh, the other thing to remember is, is in James. And he says, I want you to understand, gentlemen, <laughs> not everybody should be teachers because they're judged more strictly. Mm -hmm. And there is a responsibility to teaching the word of God. Mm -hmm. It is a responsibility. And you've got to maintain your responsibility. Yeah. And, and also just encouraging everyone out there who isn't a teacher to get into the Bible. These sections of scripture can be really intimidating, but once you get into them and once you get familiar with them, a lot of that intimidation factor starts to wear off. And so um, not just leaning on other people to give you their teaching or give you their opinions or their interpretations of the scripture, but actually get into the scripture and, and read about it yourself. That will go a long way, I, I believe. In, in keeping you from uh, some some stuff that yeah, you don't need to be Because the in. best commentary on Scripture is Scripture itself, Yep. right? So just keep that in mind. And that's the thing. If we come at this with an arrogant attitude, like that our opinion is the opinion, mm. then I think that our thinking off the beginning, at the offset, is wrong mm. and displaced. 
And you know, our words will fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much, especially now with technology the way it is. As you were saying before, you know, you can go back and listen to how people have prophesied certain things for the next year or whatever, and those things fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. The Word of God never does. Mm -hmm. The true Word of God never does. And we are not on this program going to get everything right. No. We will not because we are human people now. We value and trust that the Word of God is the Word of God, Mm -hmm. but we are not God. And so thank God that through Jesus Christ, and when we follow Jesus Christ, He gives us a deposit of His Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in us, who promises to teach us as we go through His Word. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important for us to keep in mind. It's our attitude that we come to the Word, and like the Bereans did in the New Testament, no matter what was taught to them, they went back to the Word to check it out. Yeah. And that's what I would suggest for, for each of us and for our viewers, to be able to do that and to come to the Word of God and ask the Spirit of God for His help yeah. in the interpretations. And two, as we listen to other people and their ideas, that we do the same, that we yes. don't just take a certain this stance because this person said that our authority needs to be in God. Yes. And in his word. Yeah, we can we 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 can't be 100% confident of our own interpretation of what's going to happen at the end time, but we can be 100% confident in the character and the nature of God. Absolutely. That he is good, that he is righteous, that he is just, that he is merciful. Yes. And that kind of flows into in the last few minutes of of my segment here, when I talked about casting all of our cares, you know, a lot of times with prophetic books, with the end of time, it upsets people. It it does get them worrisome and uh, afraid. Mm. And, and and the Word of God is not meant to do that in these areas. It, it is not. And Daniel was troubled with the prophecies, that the visions that he was given. He was in mourning. He was in a great time of mourning when the vision of the glorious man came to Daniel. And one of the the sections that just jumps out at me every time is that this man said to Daniel, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and and I have come because of your words. When we humble ourselves before the Lord and we pray and we ask him for his help, do you know that he hears us right away? You are that important to God. And I would challenge us to go to 1 Peter 5. It talks about submitting to God and resisting the devil. But I'm I'm just going to zero in because I've only got a, a few seconds left. And here's what he says. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. When we care about the word of God, when we care about our relationship with the creator of the universe, We can cast our cares upon him. We can come to him with our questions and he will help us and Holy Spirit will come to teach us and to guide us if we will listen. At the end of the program, thank you for joining us and being a part of this today, but we need to pray. Lord, help us in this time. This is a very difficult time in the world and we pray, Lord, that you would be with those who are believers in you. 
We believe in your name. We've made you Lord of our life. And for those of us who are praying together, we pray, Father, that you would come quickly and come, Lord, so that we can be relieved from all of the trouble coming upon us and the persecution. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. And we said together, amen.